is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. And, uh, yes, I am back. I am uh, done with my civic duty. Ben, I think this morning made it sound like I was, I was like, uh, uh, part of the, you know, I was, I was a defendant or something. I mean, Ben was, I mean, I was on with Ben, this, ben Taylor this morning on uh, Auburn Open Like It this morning over on WA&I. And I said something about my civic duty, and he goes, yep. Bill, and, and I forgot exactly how he phrased it, but it made it sound like I was uh, part of a case or something. It's like, well, no, I was, it was my first time ever being called for jury duty. And uh, as it turned out, I, I, I was not selected for a jury. The one, I think, extended trial that they had expected ended up being pushed to another docket. And uh, that really, I think, reduced the number of cases that there were. So, uh, done for the week. Good to be back. Uh, man, there is a lot to talk about today, is there not? As Dan is, Dan's back yesterday. We apologized yesterday. I was, I was awaiting word of what was going to happen um, for yesterday and for the rest of the week over at the uh, Justice Center. Dan uh, had Troy women's basketball, so <clears throat> there was no drive yesterday, but, but we're both here today. And, and the capable one, uh, Drew, is not here today, as a matter of fact. Drew is, in, uh, is, is visiting some family the rest of this week, so we don't have... Drew's getting an early start for spring break, which is next week that, that's here right. locally. So, so, so no Drew today, no Drew tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow because I've got uh, the uh, finale, the regular season finale for the Troy Trojans uh, tomorrow night against... South Alabama. Troy won last night against App State. Trojans are 14 and 3 in the Sun Belt with one game left. That would usually, 14 and 3, Bill, would usually win you the Sun yeah, Belt regular season. Yeah, would usually win you most conferences. Marshall Thundering Herd, 17 and 1 with mm. one game left. We did not play Marshall. The Sun Belt has a system where you, it's like a 6 6 1. The, Marshall, the, 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 the Sun Belt has six teams that you play twice. They have six teams you play once, and they have one team rotating that you do not see in the regular season, and that's how they get to eighteen games. Wow, I, I would, I would, I would think that you'd like to be they, able to see everybody with your just just missing one so, team. So there aren't divisions in the standings, but the six teams you play twice are divided east-west in the league. Right. So there are six teams that we see twice. They're on. We're on the. Yeah, we're on so the So there are Western. 14 teams is what you're 14 saying. 14 team teams. You play the other six in your division. You play six of the seven in the other division. And you do not play one huh. of the one of the I, 14 teams in the league. Man, I, I, uh, I, think it would, I think it would be beneficial for everybody to at least play everyone else. By total coincidence, <laughs> this year in the Sun Belt, Marshall and Troy are going to finish 1-2, and they didn't and play, play and, didn't, and didn't yeah. play in the regular season, and they would need to work their way to the finals because of the way the bracket is set up. Mm-hmm. They'd need to play in the finals of the Sun Belt Tournament uh, a couple of, uh, you know, about, about 10 days from now or so uh, on, uh, in, in Pensacola. So that's the, uh, you know, tro- Trojans with momentum uh, and one game left uh, before, we, uh, before we head to Pensacola. They'll play uh, the, as the two seed. They will play the final game on Friday, a week from tomorrow, 
They'll play the fourth game of the day in the quarterfinals of the Sun Belt Tournament. It'll be the seven seed against the ten seed on Wednesday. Winner of that game plays Troy on Friday night in Pensacola. I'll be in the house for that one. Hopefully I get to stay until Monday and celebrate a championship with the Troy Trojans, but I'll, I'll at least be there on, uh, on, on Friday next week. And meanwhile, I mean, Auburn's, um, Auburn's chances of hoisting an SEC regular season championship banner took a hit last night in a great ball game up in Knoxville. I mean, very entertaining game. Almost exactly double the score the last time these teams met. 46-43 was the final a year ago. Amazing. 92-84 with two of the better defensive teams, not just in the SEC, two really good defensive teams hooked up last night in a game where both teams, I thought, played very well. But Tennessee had Dalton connect, and Auburn had no answer when Dalton connect started Connecting. Brian, uh, we were talking about it on Monday, and, and Brian sort of, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was urging people to exercise caution when I suggested that Auburn versus Tennessee was a game between two Final Four contenders. I think they looked every bit the part. They of, looked like of, teams that could make deep runs yeah. last night. I mean, what does Tennessee, especially when you look around at the best teams in college basketball, what do they lack? What do they lack to beat? A, I mean, and now they've got scoring – the likes of which Rick Barnes hasn't had since oh, Kevin right. since Kevin Durant was was a, a freshman for him in Texas. Like this, this is a a Tennessee team. Said it before the game. Good guards. Uh, they they've got they they're fine inside. They don't have a dominant big guy, but they've got they've got plenty of talent. I mean, up front. Vescovi is near the top of the league. Vescovi's got to be about ready for Social Security, and, and he? he's and he's near the top of the league in uh, in made threes career. You've got Dalton score until the final minutes. He's yesterday. no, he's he's really taken to a different yeah. role because of some other players that have emerged as scores, including likely SEC Player of the Year. Should Dalton be Connect, SEC who, Player who, of the who Year. Looked like who, I I don't know. I mean honestly, I mean Janai's the Janai's the the uh, maybe the runner up. For Mark, he and Mark Sears. Mark Sears, but I think it's I, I mean I think it's got to be it's got oh, it's got to got to be connect. It's got to be got connect. to be connected. We were talking about this today because. Uh, today was a busy day over at the complex because we got uh, Butch Thompson, we had Hugh Freeze, we had multiple football players, but there was obviously still a lot of talk about last night. Um, I know that uh, um, Andy Burcham was was wondering and, and tasking Jason Caldwell to try to find the last player that put up 40 on Auburn. Uh, he, Who was the LSU guard? Chris Jackson. No, more, uh, more recently than that. Marcus Thornton. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he scored forty. Okay, I, th- I could have sworn. I, had, I could have Jason, sworn. Jason had gone back to. Uh, Jason hadn't found anybody as he was checking through since uh, Hersey Hawkins wow. in '88. Wow. Okay. He scored forty-four. I mean, the thirty-nine that Dalton Connect had last night. Um, but so I mean, so it, it, there was a lot. Obviously, a lot of talk about last night's ball game, which 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 was. I mean, it was. It was a very entertaining game. Thornton. It's one where Bruce Pearl, I mean, obviously, this one hurt hurt badly when you had an eight-point lead with 12 minutes to go when you score 84 on the road and you, and you can't win. Thornton had 38 and the game-winning three uh-huh. uh, against Auburn in 2008. That, that, was, that was the game I was thinking of. For some reason, I thought the three-pointer put him over, over the edge to 40 with 38 and the game-winner 
2008. How about 25 in the last 12 minutes of a game? I mean, I mean, that was that is the most impressive show I have seen in person of shot making of I mean I just, uh, yeah. since probably since 1970 when I saw a guy by the name of Maravich. Um, so I mean, yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, he it was not bad defense. That's the thing. People would think, well, this wasn't very good defense played by either team. I would I would argue that I thought both teams played pretty darn well defensively. There were just some really impressive shots made and connect. He had Janai Broom coming leaping at him, having to shoot where he couldn't even see the goal, hitting threes. Hit six straight shots. Like Andy said, he got a he got a note. There was a note that Tennessee has made their last six shots. He said it should have said Dalton Connect has made the last six shots. And the, the runs in the second half of the game last yep. night, right? Because you had you had Tennessee build a nine-point lead with with the with the Ziggler shots, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, and, that, and speak. Yep. I mean, uh, lost in the show Dalton Connect put on last night were two or three NBA three-pointers yes. from from Zakai Ziggler, who, by the way, is the other guard. He yeah, got a Viscovian connect. Like that's. I mean, with uh, this is subject to change. Um, and, and I I could flip to UConn, who I've had all season long at any point. I think if the bracket came out today, I might pick Tennessee to win it all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. They could, they could have a little bit more scoring inside. Yeah, I'm a little bit. But post- they got 16 points. They had 16 yeah. points out of the post in the first half yeah. last night. And I do, I do can play. I mean, when when he's he can hit the elbow jumper and and mm-hmm. was hitting from behind the free throw line, which is not like I think as a defense, especially considering the guards we've talked about. I think if you're a defense playing Tennessee, you would let I do shoot long twos. Because of, of how else – you think about how else a possession could end for Tennessee, right? Like, okay, if, if the possession ends with I do shooting a long two, because he's also maybe their best rebounder. Yep. And if he's shooting a long two, he's taking – it's a little bit like Janai shooting threes in that it it does eliminate one of your most potent rebounding threats. But uh, I do was hitting a couple of those that, that make you reevaluate whether or not you want to just concede uh, long jumpers to him, but – in the meantime, Tennessee's other scorers are so dangerous. And Auburn, like you said, was not playing bad defense. No, I they think, weren't. I think often Bruce Pearl. Now, there there were times when he wanted someone to address the matchup that mm-hmm. Tennessee's offense had created, and the shot went up before the defense adjusted to that, usually with connect. Yeah, but, but it wasn't like they were getting, you know, I mean, everybody's going to have a play or two where somebody – uh, has has a wide open shot or is able to get a lane to a to a layup or a dunk, but it wasn't like it was just nothing but wide open. Auburn was backing away and Tennessee was just running down the lane and dunking, or nobody was on a guy as he shot on either team. So uh, it it's it's a tough loss, but I I'm not I'm not terribly discouraged by it. It is a shame though because Auburn now needs a little help to. Sure. First thing Auburn needs to do is they need to win out to to finish in the top four and get the double bye in the SEC tournament because uh, if they finish tied with you know they right now if the season were done right now Auburn's the sixth seed because. 
They lose the tiebreaker to both Florida and Kentucky in that three-way tie for fourth. It's amazing to think that Auburn would have been in the driver's seat for the championship yeah. last night. One the game. One seed. Yes. Losing that one game because of the way things are bunched up now at the top, it does it does harm Auburn's SEC tournament mm-hmm. seeding. The other, the other thing you lose from last night, on top of the impact in the regular season – and, and, and in the conference tournament, I mentioned this on, on uh, Tuesday's show, talking with Don Dunn, is that if, if you look at where the first weekend games are located in the NCAA tournament, if you're Auburn, you really – one of the goals on top of being a one seed or a two seed or a three seed is that the higher you are, the more likely it is that you're going to Memphis or Charlotte, mm-hmm. which are more geographically favorable – to you and would be more unf- like you know a match I've seen I've seen brackets that had Auburn Wisconsin in Memphis right. and Auburn would take that in a heartbeat right because you think about the advantage one would think there would be a pronounced Auburn uh, advantage fan wise in in a in a game in Memphis and the and the other options considering where they could be traveling I mean Salt Lake City mm-hmm. and Brooklyn and Spokane Washington and things like that Th- those could be uh, a more grueling. Uh, a more grueling sort of uh, travel uh, situation for Auburn. So I think there's, uh, uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, that's something that took a hit last night because one of the teams, Tennessee is one of the teams you're in direct competition for uh, when you're trying to get that uh, that seeding in the, uh, not just the seeding in the NCAA tournament. Tennessee was an opponent for, you know, a two-seed or a three-seed on that line. the, The win helps Tennessee, hurts Auburn. It also is a, uh, it, you know, Tennessee is a team that would, they'd love to be they'd love to be in Memphis that first weekend of the NCAA tournament and uh, only a couple of the top seeds uh, can can be sent there only a couple of the pods uh, can go there and if if Tennessee's there uh, it, it's less likely uh, that that's where uh, that that's where Auburn gets to be uh, to, uh, to to begin the, the the NCAA tournament that's something i know Bruce has talked about that too you know it's 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 a uh, in the in the race to get to the second weekend where you're playing that first weekend is something that can matter. And sure. for, for Auburn, a win last night made uh, would have made Memphis or Charlotte a oh, more... Oh, absolutely. A win over a top-five team? Yeah. I mean, uh, no no question. But, and instead it opens up the... Now, now but they, I tell you what, they cannot be yeah. tucking their heads or, you know, uh, looking back at that because Mississippi State, who is fighting for their lives to get into the tournament coming into Auburn on Saturday. And if Auburn doesn't win that one, uh, then, you know, you don't worry about you're – not, you're probably not worrying about getting that buy in the SEC tournament. You may drop off the top four line. So, I mean, this oh, is a, a huge, loss, huge game coming up Saturday. Saturday. A lost Saturday at home. And then I think you're looking at a situation where now you're worried about being the team having to be a road team yes. in that first weekend environment where maybe mm-hmm. you're a maybe you're a, a I mean I guess you could drop to the sixth line after a you know with, with a loss like that potentially and then you're playing think about it, then you're playing a three seed right in you know in a place pretty close to the three seeds home campus you know and not mm-hmm. and not close to home at all just to get to the second weekend yeah of, of the NCAA right. tournament so that's where. Uh, you know these these games take on an outsized importance, and Auburn's got to uh, uh, you know they, they got to pick themselves up off the mat, and they got to they got to answer the bell on Saturday against Mississippi State because that's a that's a big game. It's and and it's a 
what a prize it would be for Mississippi State, like you said, uh, because they need to improve their tournament resume and, and make themselves a, a, a season sweep of Auburn yeah. would, uh, would, would help their cause quite a bit. We're just underway. We need to get to our first break. Love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive. We've got a lot to talk about, as we mentioned. We'll talk some football as well as Hugh Freeze and uh, four players met with the media today. Uh, we spent some time with Butch Thompson as well as – Baseball gets ready for UConn this weekend. You can join us by calling the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390 you is that also, number. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. So we'll get to our first break. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. Yellowwood knows that a five-star backyard is the place to make lasting memories, like cookouts, um, cornhole with friends, ooh, a neighborhood potluck with your wife's pasta salad, the one with the feta, oh, sorry, or taking a nap on your deck in a hammock. Naps are memories. Mm, I love naps. For five-star backyards and the most memorable experiences, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have that yellow tag, you don't want it. Conservative Justice Sarah Stewart has the experience to lead Alabama's courts. As a tough-on-crime judge, Sarah Stewart presided over hundreds of cases, giving tough sentences to the worst criminals. Republicans can trust Justice Sarah Stewart to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, vote Conservative Republican Sarah Stewart for Alabama Chief Justice. Paid for by Sarah Stewart Campaign, 2029B, Airport Boulevard, Mobile, Alabama, 36606. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Publix. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Big eating in Auburn and Opelika means Big Mike Steakhouse. Famous for high-quality steaks cooked to perfection on an open fire grill served in a relaxed, rustic atmosphere. It's happy hour at Big Mike's every Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 6 and half off select appetizers, draft beer, and well drinks. And don't forget, a Big Mike's gift card will always be the perfect gift for Big City Steak in your hometown. It's Big Mike Steakhouse in Auburn at Shigjord Parkway and Wire Road. For air that's cool and clean, call Sensagreen. That's right, folks, for the very best in all heating and air services, spray foam insulation, and maintenance on your systems. Call Sensagreen at 334-704-3274. East Alabama's premier carrier dealer, Sensagreen Heating and Air, has built their success in business from one simple concept, putting the customers and clients first. Remember East Alabama for air that is cool and clean. Call Sensagreen, 334-704-3274. At Reynolds Outdoors, they're all about hunting and fishing and loving the great outdoors every day. And if you are too, you'll love the great selection of guns and ammo, bows and arrows, rods and reels, gear and apparel. As an independent family business, Reynolds Outdoors can offer top brand names at hometown prices, plus friendly local expert service. 
So before you hit the woods, the field, or the water, head to Reynolds Outdoors on Geneva Street, Opelika, on Facebook and Instagram, and at ReynoldsOutdoors.net. The drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into our number one here on the Thursday Drive with Bill and Dan. Again, love for you to join in. A couple of programming notes. Justin Ferguson saw him a little earlier yesterday, and he had made it back from Knoxville for the press conferences, the media availabilities. But he said, quite frankly, he's running on fumes. He was going to go home and take a nap. We will attempt to awaken him from his nap at around 5 o'clock, spend a couple of segments with Justin, get his thoughts on the basketball game from last night and some of the things going on today, including our time with Hugh Freeze, who I had I had some interesting comments today. Uh, obviously, today is just day two of football practice. No viewing window. We got to watch about 30 minutes the other day, but Hugh Freeze said he really liked the tempo, the pace, the way everyone was moving around on Tuesday had a couple of interesting comments. He was asked, not surprisingly, a couple of times about quarterbacks. And he said um, that it's Peyton Thorne's job to lose, but he's going to have to compete every day to win the job. But, I mean, obviously, that means he's the first guy up in reps right now. Plan A seems to be Peyton Thorne spends the entire offseason as QB1 and has a great final year of college Mm -hmm. football. Like, that's plan A. I think Hugh Freeze is preparing for what happens if he has to resort to plan B or plan C. Which of the other quarterbacks would give him the best chance to win of the three? Does he need to... Uh, evaluate who's in the quarterback room because he doesn't like, you know, th- those those sort of things. But plan A is Peyton Thorne with a full season, uh, with, with a full off season and with some improved pieces around him. Uh, we, we had a lot of time to talk with Luke Deal, who talked, you know, mm-hmm. gave, gave a, made an excellent case for the reasons why Peyton Thorne could have a, a stellar second season at Auburn, including, uh, you know, Luke was talking about, uh, and, and we'll get to Yellowhammer, who's who's on the phone. But but Luke Luke was talking about some of the players that he sees in their second year on the team. You know, just like it's year two for Hugh Freeze, a lot of players are in year two on the roster. They weren't sure what their role was going to be. They went through the season, and now they they're more secure. They have they have more more confident footing mm-hmm. under them, including Peyton Thorne, another guy Luke Deal pointed to. As someone who he could say that about, especially when you compare last offseason to this one, is too tall. He's, you know, Isaiah Too Tall Miller is somebody who yeah, he was at times maybe raw, maybe in over his head as a D1 They weren't sure football if he was player. a guard or a tackle either. But, but when he now, first came in. now he looks like somebody who uh, could be, you know, he, he's, he's a, and there's going to be competition at tackle as well. But but he looks at Tutal and he says that guy is you know it's it's been a, a a leap forward and there are there are a lot of second year players second year on the team players you can say that about and uh, he said that that Peyton Thorne has had a um, I'm trying what did it was it fantastic incredible he gave him a very 
Uh, very high rating for the offseason, but now you got to get out there and do it. He did say he talked about the how windy it was Tuesday, and it made it difficult at times. Um, but but he really praised Hank Brown. I think I mentioned that to you. I mean, the balls were everyone we saw. I mean, there were. I thought all the quarterbacks looked good, but Hank Brown, the ball was right there when the receiver turned. It was there in his hands, and so he pointed out that Hank Brown had an exceptional day one with the wind. Does it seem like th- that that there is there's a uh, I want to be as gentle as possible here, Bill. So there was a time during the season when it felt like if something happened to Peyton Thorne or if they had to put Peyton Thorne on the bench because of his performance, it might have been Holden. Now it feels like we're getting to where I'm I'm not sure if I had to say right now if if Let's suppose Peyton Thorne retains the job as QB1. I'm not sure I would say Holden's the favorite to be QB2 right now. It's I think a- Hank Brown is getting a long look. I right. mean, now yesterday, the or I mean Tuesday, the order was Peyton, Holden, Hank, Walker White. So, I mean, that makes sense because of the experience. But I, I think that, I think that uh, right now, Holden and Hank will be watched very closely. Walker is really being watched. But as as Hugh Freeze said, he's swimming uphill, right? He's swimming upstream right now. It's really coming fast, but he has a phenomenal arm, and that's something we did see. So Hugh, Hugh, Freeze, we'll talk, Hugh Freeze had a lot of other really interesting <laughs> yeah, things Yeah, he to did, say. and we'll get to some of them, but let's get to the phone. And Yellowhammer is up first. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. <clears throat> Real quick, uh, I got two things, but the first, first, I just wanted to jump on that thing about uh, the quarterbacks and how maybe it was a year ago, uh, Coach Freeze said that he really emphasized accuracy. He would like to see accuracy, and you were talking about how Hank Brown seemed to be pretty accurate. Yes. Well, he looked so pretty that, accurate in the bowl game, too, when he came in. Now, granted, it was not the same as, you know, the, the situation at the beginning of the ball game. He was at, let's see. Hugh Freeze was asked, what are the top three characteristics for a quarterback? And he said, he started off by saying accuracy. Then he went, wait a minute, protecting the ball, accuracy was his number two. And then um, I'm trying to remember what he said in the third because he talked about leadership. He talked about, um, you know, other things there. But his top two were protecting the ball and accuracy are the top two characteristics he's looking for in a quarterback. Sounds pretty good, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Auburn-Tennessee game, I uh, watched the first half on TV, but it was in a noisy place. I couldn't hear what anyone was saying, but I watched or I listened, that is, to uh-huh. the second half on the radio, and I became aware of this guy named Connect. And Oh, yeah. He, you know, <laughs> he was like, every time he went down the court, you're, you're thinking, well, they're going to give it con- to Connect, and, and then – he gets it and he shoots it and he makes it. And I'm thinking, what do you think about his ability to just get through the defense somehow and still shoot and make it? I mean, it just sounds like couldn't we stop him? And we couldn't. Well, I, I, no, nobody's been able to stop this guy when when he has gotten hot. Uh, I mean, he's this is the second time he scored 39. He scored 37. He scored 35. I mean, he is uh, he is a phenomenal player. That's another thing that I thought was interesting, Dan. We're sitting around before we had any of the any of the coaches coming in, and the question was, does anybody think Tennessee really knew what they were getting in Dalton Connect? I mean, here's a guy 
that was very lightly regarded coming out of high school in Colorado. He went to junior college in Colorado, was not a starter his first year in junior college, averaged eight points his first year. Then he averaged 20. He was ranked as one of the top 15 transfers from northern Colorado this past year. But he wasn't considered, wow, the can't-miss uh, uh, impact player of the year kind of guy. So I don't know that I don't know that Tennessee really knew how good they had it when they when they added him. Well, no, think about it like this too, Bill. We, we were talking about SEC Player of the Year contenders to start the show. Dalton Connect, Mark Sears, Janai Broom, all three are transfers. All signed with mid majors out of right. high school. How like, well, I mean, what I mean, think about how the sport is changing. That the th- yeah. I mean, you, you could have the top three vote getters. For SEC Player of the Year this year in men's basketball, could be guys who signed who who didn't have major conference interest coming out of high school and signed with respectively what Northern Colorado, uh, Ohio. What, what, it was what, Ohio. It yeah. was it was Ohio, and then, and then Janai's from Moorhead. Right. right. I mean, it, it's it's amazing to think that's what that's what could be happening. But they're I mean, those those are your top three in the league uh, at, at at the moment. Appreciate it, Yellowhammer. Good stuff. Yeah, but I mean Auburn. I, I know there was some lamenting, and 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 look when uh, when Auburn when Auburn went to the zone with twelve minutes and and connected a couple of shots, uh, there was like, yeah, well that that didn't work. But Bruce was saying, I mean, they were trying. They tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, uh, Chad Baker Mazzara was 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 trying to track him all over the place. They put Janai out there on him and. Then he showed his quickness and got by Janai and went for a dunk. I mean, he is – he's a guy that grew from – I believe he was a, a 6-1 is, – I read his little bio. I read his bio. He was 6-1 uh, as a junior in high school, grew to 6-3 in junior college. He's now 6-6. And uh, can, 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 he can do it all. I mean, he can handle, he can pass, he can shoot, he can drive. Uh, and, and, no, I mean, it sounds like – well, sure, why didn't Auburn do something? And Bruce was talking after the game about some things maybe they could try if they if they see him again, they'll they'll try some different things. But it's not like Auburn's the first team that he's torched. I no, mean, no, it's not it's not as simple <laughs> as play a different player on him or switch right. to a different defense. Tennessee and and that's also because it's not as though Dalton Connect is surrounded by four guys who can't score. Right. That's, if you if you point. if you overemphasize your defense on Dalton Connect, I mean he he joined a team that was one of the best teams in the SEC last year. Like Z- Ziegler and and Vescovi are have been around yeah for forever and really 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 good guards. All conference yeah all yeah. conference caliber guards in their umpteenth seasons in the league. So it's it's. Uh, you you can I mean it's pick your poison in a lot of ways yeah you can try to uh, you you can try to to focus the the defensive effort just on stopping Dalton Connect if you do that you might give some other really dangerous players favorable looks uh, there's more that we'll get to including the return of Jalen Williams we'll talk about that did want to let you know that uh, we normally have Dylan Cardwell with us on Thursdays. Since Auburn was a little late getting back in, they are practicing right now. So uh, hopefully 
Jacob Goins from on the line. We'll be able to interview him tomorrow, and we'll have that for you tomorrow. But unable to have uh, Dylan on with us live here on the Thursday drive. You, you were you were there for Hugh Freeze earlier today. Uh-huh. He said some really interesting oh, things. Oh, he did. You want to talk about it when we come yeah, back? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we'd love for you to join in here on the Thursday drive. Conservative Justice Sarah Stewart has the experience to lead Alabama's courts. As a tough-on-crime judge, Sarah Stewart presided over hundreds of cases giving tough sentences to the worst criminals. Republicans can trust Justice Sarah Stewart to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, vote Conservative Republican Sarah Stewart for Alabama Chief Justice. Paid for by Sarah Stewart Campaign, 2029B, Airport Boulevard, Mobile, Alabama, 36606. Attention large property owners and adventure seekers. If you're looking for a reliable and powerful off-road vehicle, check out the full lineup of Landmaster UTVs at University Ace Hardware. With a tough steel frame, four-wheel drive, and strong suspension, Landmaster UTVs can handle anything from hauling gear for a hunting trip, tackling chores around your property, or exploring new trails. Landmaster has a UTV for you. Visit University Ace Hardware today and experience the ultimate UTV in off-road performance. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware clothes. Inspired by the bold bison, Southern Union students blaze new trails every single day. They press forward knowing their SU education will lead them to success. Affordable, accessible, and locally unparalleled. Whether you're transitioning to a university or launching straight into a lucrative career, a degree from SUSEC can help you blaze your path. Three locations, dedicated faculty and staff, endless possibilities. It's all waiting for you at Southern Union. It's time to venture forward. Register today. Life isn't made for joint or orthopedic pain. It's made for living, for family, for your favorite hobbies, for sports, for morning walks and afternoon playing in the park. If you suffer from joint or orthopedic pain, turn to the experts at the Orthopedic Clinic. Our board-certified surgeons provide cutting-edge surgical procedures and high-quality, innovative services all close to home. Don't let joint or orthopedic pain keep you from doing all the things you love. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule an appointment today. Big eating in Auburn and Opelika means Big Mike Steakhouse. Famous for high-quality steaks cooked to perfection on an open-fire grill served in a relaxed, rustic atmosphere. It's happy hour at Big Mike's every Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 6 and half-off select appetizers, draft beer, and well drinks. And don't forget, a Big Mike's gift card will always be the perfect gift for Big City Steak in your hometown. It's Big Mike Steakhouse in Auburn at Shigjord Parkway and Wire Road. to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan... Yeah, first time this week we've been able to say it. The only time this week we'll be able to say that. Because, uh, yeah, Dan's got basketball tomorrow. It'll be Bill and Don tomorrow. We have plenty of audio, but uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, today, the basically, it, it is the introductory spring 
press conference from Hugh Freeze. We told you about a couple of his comments about quarterbacks at the very end. Is this the one you were talking about? That there was a comment I I thought very interesting um, at the the very tail end of the press conference. And I forget even what the question was. Um, But Hugh Freeze brought up the the fact talking about again some of the things that he has mentioned quite a few times in the past it may have had uh, maybe it had something to do with Nick Saban there was a question about what's it like when Nick Saban not in the league and he said well um, at our SEC at the last SEC coaches meeting um, there wasn't anybody there to really yell about things he said and we need somebody to be the strong voice and he said that's probably going to fall to Kirby. Kirby, Kirby's more suited to being able to, to really get out there and yell and let people know what, what we're thinking. But he brought up something at the very end that, that I thought was really interesting. He was talking about um, accountability and players and roster management. And one of the things he said was that he and some other SEC coaches – we're discussing, you know, there need to be some parameters. There need to be some, some, something that they can be working within to try to look, make a little more sense of the mess that is everything with transfer portal roster management along with, with NIL and everything. And, and he mentioned something that I hadn't heard and uh, talking with a couple of other people that were there covering um, said, yes, they'd heard that this had been discussed among the SEC coaches Hugh Freeze said he would like there to be a situation, something to help what all coaches are going through now between the fall and the spring semesters. He said coaches really don't know who's going to be there in January, the way things are set up right now with the transfer portal. Players can, players can be leaving, and, and they're, they're not really sure what the situation's going to be. I imagine, uh, be, you know, before you reveal sort of Hugh Freeze's grand idea, uh-huh. I imagine the spring portal window is really unpopular with coaches who like their roster. Oh, now, I am now, sure of that. Now, if you need help, and Hugh Freeze even talked about it, he may go looking in the spring. Defensive you know, line. When, he when, mentioned when that. players hit the portal on April 15th uh, and, and can, can change teams and be eligible immediately as long as they're not what undergraduates in the SEC won't be able to, to stay transfer in, within the conference, stay in the league, and, and keep their eligibility. But everybody else, uh, so, so Hugh Freeze even likes it in some regard. But I would think that if you if you like big parts of your roster, what's scary for coaches is if if there was some sort of firm commitment in December from players, you could spend nine months with a team reasonably certain that's going to be your team. Yeah, with with may, with an addition or two that you hope to to be able to, to pick I mean up. I mean it's it's got to be a minefield for coaches in spring practice knowing anybody can leave. A starter who decides, right. "Hey, uh, you know, let's 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 reopen the bidding. Uh, you know, I I want to find out, you know, what the, what the market could be for my services elsewhere. A backup who thinks they're not going to get playing time this year like it it is a I mean, it, it's got to make what what one would think you know, would be you, in a – Yeah, you wonder how much time you need to spend with certain players. It's like, well, are you going to invest time and have them then leave? But, uh, but yeah, so what, what Coach Freeze just sort of said right at the end of his press conference, and we'll see if we can um, – we'll get it for you sometime here either today or tomorrow. 
He said he would like there to be a situation where in December a player could be offered a contract to return for the next year. And then they'd have – then it would be – something would be much more binding, and I guess you'd be, you'd be able to offer a player like, all right, here's what – we want you back next year. Sign this, and you're agreeing that you're coming back for the following year. How would you feel – and I guess – I mean, this wouldn't – based on recent uh, court rulings, this probably wouldn't hold up. Uh, but, I mean, I, I guess the trade-off would be – a robust fall window and then a very abbreviated or no spring window with with the acknowledgement that yeah okay if you if you want to transfer if you want to transfer after spring practice as an undergraduate maybe you shouldn't have immediate eligibility in that situation at the at the D1 level if you want to switch if you want to leave a team if you're a, if you're a true sophomore and you want to leave a team in May and join a different team, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't be eligible that fall. Maybe that should be like uh, now. It's, it's, I don't know. Like I, I wonder. You know, th- th- that would almost encourage. That would sort of encourage, almost encourage more people. Well, make up your mind. Know at the end of December whether you're whether you're staying well, or you're going. But doesn't it sound like Hugh Freeze and a lot of other coaches? Would oh, love, I think would, so. Don't you? Don't you think so? Even, he he also even if the answer is oh well, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else. At least they would know in December. That's right. And be able to to move around. The spring window really does add a it adds a wild card oh, to the does. to the entire college football season because it is well, you you could you could feel really good about the team you see in the spring game, and then get some news in well, the it, second it, half it of could, April. It could be it could be like a lot of other sports though because players wouldn't have to sign those agreements. Just because you wanted someone to come back, if a player didn't sign the agreement, it would be like, all right, he's a free agent, but you can still deal. You can still deal with him. Um, so yeah, they, think- they'd still be able to be on the team, going through sort of making the decision as to whether or not they were going to go. So if, I would say, if they didn't sign a contract, then they could then they could transfer at the end of spring and still be eligible. See, I I would think that, and, and maybe maybe making you know as as we get closer to employment. Being sort of the, yeah, the, we're the norm, close. yeah, and, and maybe contracts will start will start working into into that equation. I would just think that figuring out some way, whatever power they have, to de-emphasize the spring window, while and yes. and whatever concessions you need to make to get well, that that could do it. I mean, I mean that's mean, what I mean. Like I mean to to get to, wouldn't completely eliminate it, but it it could that that could take a lot of to, possibilities to have, out to have the spring window largely be for players who have already earned their degrees to make it sort of an incentive for uh-huh. earning your degree is that okay the spring window is is you know that's a, that's a graduate transfer window because you you know if you're if you're not going through if you're not going through spring practice with a team are you a mercenary just coming in for you know coming in for just a well, you know I mean? which you know how many players could you say for sure, now aren't anyway. I, I know, but to, but it feels it feels you know especially because that's that's with, another thing he talked about. Yeah, he said he, he talked about not being as heavy in the transfer portal this past year, and maybe they didn't do it right, and he might have to refigure this. But he also talked about he wanted to get players for the right reasons. Maybe he was a little naive, but he wanted to get players for the right reasons, not just because they were paying the most. So I mean that that's uh, I thought that was really interesting. So you know, we'd, we'd love your thoughts on, on that. He also said, as, as he was uh, done with the, 
with a press conference and walking away, he'd like to get back to just one signing period. Uh, and I think he'd like it to be in February. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, players that graduate early and can trans and, and can enroll early, they come on in and enroll, but not to have the signing period in December and then another signing period in February. 334-321-1390. That's the Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. You know, and I'm and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to discourage players from leaving. Like that, which is why I'd even say if you need to make the if you need to make the fall transfer portal window bigger in order to de-emphasize or But it or would what. be good to have everything done before classes start, uh, the big part done before yeah. classes start for the spring in January. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phones. And TP is up first. Hey TP. Hey guys, how you doing? Pretty good. Great. Um if I were a Arkansas basketball fan or maybe the Missouri basketball fan and I turned on that game last night I would just be saying what a game uh, what two teams battling it out no one really getting a dominant uh, edge and then Auburn pulling ahead after they were down by nine in the second half and it just looked like this is a tremendous game and Dalton Connect, I'm going, man, this is this is my team I'm going for in the NCAA because I don't have a team that's going to make it. But what a tremendous game. It really was. The uh, And and it's not a – you know, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you phrased it that way, TP, because it's a game it would have been great to win. It's a game that, um, you know, may, may ultimately be the difference between winning and losing the, the SEC – or winning and not winning the SEC regular season uh, championship uh, if you're Auburn. But it, to me, it's a game, especially considering that it was Jalen Williams' first game back after a serious-looking injury. And, and, and who, I thought he moved very well, didn't he? Yeah, who knows what kind of discomfort he's he's playing through or, or had to go through to get back on the court that quickly. But, you know, my, my, my goodness. But, the uh, uh, yeah, I think that to, to, go, to go toe-to-toe with a team like Tennessee to have a lead in the final 10 minutes – of a game uh, on the road in Knoxville, uh, to me is uh, it, it is it, it's it should inspire confidence about what this team can do in the postseason. Because I mean, if you're if you're facing a team as good as Tennessee in the NCAA tournament, uh, either you're a 16 seed in the first round and you know 15 or 16, or or you've advanced a couple of games uh, d- deep in the, uh, in, in, the in the in the thing. The other thing is that. Uh... If you just were looking at both teams and you weren't wearing orange and blue glasses, the um, you look at Tennessee, their guards are mature. Uh, Connect is tremendous. I, I can't understand how Tennessee has lost any games with him playing, but it may have been that he wasn't in the groove on those other games. I never, I never saw any of the games that they lost. Now, early in the but, season, I don't think anybody – knew what they had, including Tennessee. Right. Um, but uh, with uh, they, they had us beat with Connect. Their uh, low-post players weren't as good as Janai. And uh, Jalen, I, th- I think he was still trying to figure out if he had enough strength and how he was playing. But he still got dominant as the game went on, which was, was really good news. Um, but the uh, 
the thing is, I think Auburn, when we lost Jalen, it gave Cheney a chance to show what he had. He mm-hmm. looks like he's stepped up a bit. But I'm excited about us getting to the tournament, uh, into the NCAA tournament, because I just don't see any teams other than the very top teams. And hopefully we won't be, we'll be having lower seats, we'll be playing lower seats. But I don't see how they're going to compete with us the way we're playing right now. Not well, I, Auburn can play. Auburn has shown they can play with anybody. I mean that that's that's one thing that I, I feel fairly confident in saying. They need they're going to need to tighten things up a little bit as far as turnovers. Had ten in the first half last night. They can't afford to have have that going on. And it's so it's so dangerous to be overconfident in tournament basketball because a, a cold five minutes or a cold seven minutes can be the difference between. Uh, winning and and losing in in a situation where you're even even if you're playing a team that on paper uh, you know you should you should be able to handle without without a lot of difficulty. So I I think Auburn's still got to be careful in the uh, in in the SEC tournament because there are, you know there there are teams that you know, some teams in the league seem to match up better with Auburn than others. And then when you get into the NCAA's, it's a total wild card of what you could find. Especially once you get right. out of the you know when you get to the four line the five line like you you could run into a a mid-major that just plays a uh, it just pl- just plays a wacky style or something. So I think it's uh, uh yeah I mean th- there's no telling, but Auburn looks like a team that on their game can can hang with the with with, with the best in the sport. Well, that's some good stuff. Hey, thanks, you guys, War Eagle. Appreciate the call, TP. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Did we lose Anthony? Anthony, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We'll be uh, right back here on the Thursday Drive. Dealing with unreliable network copiers, printers, and scanners, and waiting for days for service. ABS of Auburn is your locally owned and operated solution. A full line Canon, Lexmark, Toshiba, and Ricoh dealer, ABS of Auburn specializes in smooth, efficient office operations. Get the systems, tools, and expertise you need for streamlined productivity, plus reliable support that's always on call. ABS of Auburn, how may we help you? Call 334 329 7000 to schedule a free on site consultation today. Chandler here from University Ace Hardware. I moved to Auburn almost eight years ago, born and raised in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where all my family's still at. I used the excuse of coming to school to move to Auburn and uh, have not left. I started working at Ace Hardware six years ago. I work in the OPE department as the manager. The thing I love most about working for University Ace Hardware is the family environment, uh, making friends with new customers or customers that have been there for a while and then the ability that they give me to help grow the business, which I enjoy a lot. Some of my favorite things to do outside of work, really enjoy going to Auburn football games and tailgating with family and friends. This time of the year, winter, I do hunting. Uh, and then every Wednesday night, we do a bowling league with a couple other guys from work. So that's that's a fun little hobby. We're not any good at it, but we're, we, we do it. University Ace Hardware, proud member of the Auburn Opelika community since 2013, next to the movie theater in Auburn. Born and raised in Lee County, Samantha Copeland is running to be our next district court judge. A proud graduate of Beauregard High School and Auburn University, Samantha Copeland is an experienced attorney who knows the law. Lee County can trust Samantha Copeland to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, Republican Samantha Copeland is the right choice for district judge. 
Paid for by committee to elect Samantha Copeland, 508 Fox Run Parkway, Opelika, Alabama, 36801. Our friends at Four Seasons Federal Credit Union are partnering with Little Caesars to help cure cancer and save lives. To participate, stop by any Little Caesars location in Valley, Auburn, and Opelika. Happening Thursday, February 29th, an all-day spirit fundraiser. Every item, $5 or more spent, earns money to help for Relay for Life. Be sure to tell the cashier, Four Seasons FCU. That's Four Seasons Federal Credit Union and Little Caesars on February 29th, curing cancer and saving lives. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today. The Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine in Auburn is dedicated to its mission of transforming medical students into caring, compassionate physicians. VCOM partners with Auburn University for student activities, shared learning experiences, and research opportunities. Students are instructed in a hands-on learning environment by outstanding faculty members that are dedicated to student success. VCOM is working to improve the health of Alabama's citizens by increasing the number of primary care physicians throughout the state, especially in rural and underserved areas. Find out more at vcom.edu. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of hour number one of the Thursday Drive with Bill and Dan. Uh, and and we got plenty of time coming up in hour number two. We normally have Dylan Cardwell joining us at the bottom of the hour with Tiger Takes, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. But uh, Dylan and the Auburn basketball team are practicing after getting in late, or I guess it was early. I don't know if it was late last night or early this morning from uh, Knoxville as they get ready for Mississippi State on Saturday. So hopefully uh, we'll we'll have uh, at least a recorded interview with him for tomorrow on the drive. So we'll be wide open in hour number two. And yes, there are quite a few things. We can talk more about some of the comments from Hugh Freeze or some of the players that were there today. Peyton Thorne, Luke Deal, Rivaldo Fairweather, Jason Jones, Eugene Asante. Am I leaving somebody out? Luke Deal? Yeah, I mentioned Luke. Okay. So you had a quarterback, Thorne. two tight ends. Yeah. Quarterback, two tight ends. Eugene Asante. Uh, Eugene Asante. Yeah. And Jason Jones. Yeah, yeah. Two defensive line, uh, two defensive players, three offensive players. And I think that's. I think that's what. Those are the ones that I can recall. No, that, no from those the are the five. We yeah, had, we had five. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so we, we talked with them as well. We can let you. We'll tell you some of the things they had to say. But love to hear from you, as we come up on hour number two of the Thursday Drive.
Russell do it center at building supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Public. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell do it center at building supply. Conservative Justice Sarah Stewart has the experience to lead Alabama's courts. As a tough-on-crime judge, Sarah Stewart presided over hundreds of cases giving tough sentences to the worst criminals. Republicans can trust Justice Sarah Stewart to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, vote Conservative Republican Sarah Stewart for Alabama Chief Justice. Paid for by Sarah Stewart Campaign, 2029B, Airport Boulevard, Mobile, Alabama, 36606. Big eating in Auburn and Opelika means Big Mike Steakhouse. Famous for high-quality steaks cooked to perfection on an open fire grill served in a relaxed, rustic atmosphere. It's happy hour at Big Mike's every Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 6 and half off select appetizers, draft beer, and well drinks. And don't forget, a Big Mike's gift card will always be the perfect gift for a big city steak in your hometown. It's Big Mike Steakhouse in Auburn at Shigjard Parkway and Wire Road. Calling all cool cats and daddios. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air is searching for the oldest AC and water heater. If your systems have been rocking around the clock for more years than you'd like to admit, submit your retro systems for a chance to win a new one. Enter your old greasers and check out our exclusive deals at calldixie.com. The deadline to enter is leap day. We can dig it. Can you? At Reynolds Outdoors, they're all about hunting and fishing and loving the great outdoors every day. And if you are too, you'll love the great selection of guns and ammo, bows and arrows, rods and reels, gear and apparel. As an independent family business, Reynolds Outdoors can offer top brand names at hometown prices, plus friendly local expert service. So before you hit the woods, the field, or the water, head to Reynolds Outdoors on Geneva Street, Opelika, on Facebook and Instagram, and at ReynoldsOutdoors.net. Having Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. The cost to climb Mount Everest, it's $55,000 to climb Mount Everest. That's outrageous. To climb a mountain. They got too much people with too much damn money, though. $55,000 to There's climb no a mountain? Way. There's no way I would oh, ever consider that. You know how many beach vacations I could go on for $55,000? Exactly. <laughs> Mornings 5 to 9 on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this. It's a wintry looking day, isn't it? Just overcast. Uh, much cooler than it's been the last few days. Uh, there's some rain coming uh, right now. And that uh, coming in later tonight or through tomorrow. And as a result, stay tuned. Auburn baseball scheduled to open up three-game series against UConn tomorrow night at 6. But Butch Thompson telling us they will be meeting. Uh, Auburn and UConn officials will meet tomorrow at noon to determine if they will be able to get that ball game underway as scheduled. Would not be unbelievable or out of the realm of possibility for there to be a doubleheader on Saturday. What, what, what? I was going to say we got Ferg, right? We got, we got, oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. We're, just remember, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to uh, be joined. I thought you were telling me we had a call. No, like, I, I didn't see I, that. I need, I need yeah, to know. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's hour number two of The Drive, which is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. One thing we will not have, in case you weren't with us now, or number one on this Thursday, is Tiger Takes with Dylan Cardwell, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. Uh, Dylan and Auburn basketball are practicing right now after uh, the ball game last night in Knoxville. Push things back a little bit, so he's unable to join us this afternoon. Hopefully, we'll have a recorded interview for you tomorrow uh, on the Friday edition of The Drive. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, We're going to go to The Drive hotline, though, sponsored by Skybar here momentarily to uh, call in Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, Ferg was up in Knoxville last night for that Tennessee 92-84 win over Auburn. Got back into town today just in time for Hugh Freeze's press conference and uh, said, quite frankly, he needed a little bit of rest. So uh, hopefully he was able to get a little uh, through the afternoon and we, we were able to wake him up and have him join us here on the the second hour I, I of, the, a, of the Thursday drive. I missed a text from Justin late in hour one, so we didn't. We, or, I oh, know, he was I, already awake. I, yeah, I know. So you weren't his wake up call. But that, luckily, well, that's good. But I think, yeah, I think, I think Justin uh, hopefully was able to get some rest because there, there, yeah, a lot of traveling, uh, you know, to and from Knoxville in the last uh, in the last day or so, and and he's been uh, he's been able to attend virtually every game this season for the Auburn men's basketball team. I wanted to know, Ferg, have have you been tracking your mileage? The kind, what what kind of <laughs> mileage have you put? Uh, put it on on yourself from vehicles uh, this basketball season. I haven't yet, oh, but I need to add it. You do. Because, I think that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you gotta you gotta think. I started this year, this basketball season, going to South Dakota and then New York, kind of back to back, and and you know, and um, next week I'll be in Missouri, and uh, that was just kind of a completionist in me. Uh, I've never been to a basketball game at Missouri Arena. 
And so it's like I'm going to hit every arena just in time for Oklahoma and Texas um, to, to join the SEC. So it's been all over the place. It's been a whole lot of fun. And then when you throw in, you know, this, this past year for Auburn football, we had you know, trips out to California and, you know, LSU and Texas A&M. And it was a really, really, really good time. So I, it's one of my favorite parts of the job. And, and I hope, you know, you know, being able to be in these arenas and these stadiums, hope, hopefully it, you know, provi- I think it helps me out be a better writer and a better podcaster. And so I hope, uh, I hope I hope it's coming across uh, in, in the stuff I do, but it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I, I rarely get to, um, yeah, we we rarely get to to do the podcast where you're home, right? Like we we think of those, like <laughs> I it's, can't. It's, well, well, when when both of you are yeah, in town, it's it's rare for both. It's, it's, it's rare for both of us to be in Auburn because because uh, the uh, you know getting out there on the road is uh, is calling to uh, to both of us, and and you were there. Uh, you were in the house last night. I, I was, you know, was I was talking. That was an impressive show. I, I, well, I was talking. I was talking with Don Dunn on Tuesday, and in in honor of the of the game uh, Auburn was going to play, and and the the crowd Auburn was going to see in Knoxville, I asked Don sort of what came to mind as the as the most hostile crowds. You know, the the mo, you know, the 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 atmospheres. You know, the road atmospheres that that ranked at the top. For him, and he talked about a couple of those Iron Bowls during the Tuberville streak, and and how badly the fans wanted them. A couple games in the swamp, a couple games in Baton Rouge. Like the the men's basketball equivalent of that is what Auburn faced. You know, at least one of them is what Auburn faced last night in Knoxville. When you're playing a game like that with with championship implications against a Tennessee team, that you know, I, I would I would say Justin looks about as good as anybody in college basketball. They absolutely do, and you know I think we were talking about that today, um, especially with the way Dalton Connect played. Mm-hmm. I think you know I've never covered a game live, a basketball game live, where I've seen one player go off like that and just take over, especially with his offense. Um, and we were talking about I, I, yeah, I might never see something like that again. I mean, it was unreal to watch, kind of unfold right in front of you because you had. You know, this player that it was just, it didn't really matter what Auburn did. Um, he had an answer for it. And Bruce Pearl, after the game, it was pretty hard on his defense. He said, you know, we, we did defend. And his problems were kind of more, hey, we could have done better in help defense. Hey, we could have probably, you know, I, I we probably could have double teamed him a little bit more and trapped him a little bit more. And so just, you know, kind of kind of saying, okay, what could we have done better? And, and that's fair. That's That's the coach thing to do. But, I mean, there were some plays where Jalen Williams and Jani Broom and, and Chad Baker-Mazzaro was in the dude's jersey, and it yeah. did not matter. It yeah. did not matter whatsoever. Um, it, it's one of the greatest shot-making performances I've ever seen live with my own two eyes. I don't know if I'm going to see one like that ever again. Um, this is Dalton Connect's a special player, and I think for Auburn, tough to lose, tough to get knocked out of the SEC championship race for the most part uh, with a loss like that. But if it took, you know, the the, the best scorer in the country having his best game uh, to beat you, I, you know, I think that says a lot for Auburn heading into March. That even though it's a loss, this basketball team is is, is you know feeling like they are playing some of their best ball at the end of the year, which is what you need. Justin, we talk so much about how how college athletics has changed. You know, the different uh, the different elements that have been introduced that, that make it a, a different. Uh, both men's basketball and football are very different uh, than they were just a couple of years ago and how you build a roster. The thought that the top three vote-getters for conference player of the year, 
if you looked at it right now, uh, <laughs> Dalton Connect, Mark Sears, Janai Broom are all guys who signed with mid-majors out of high school. Right, like yep. they're all, and 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 I don't. Is the connect story? Did he go? Did he go junior college? He did. He went junior and college then, before and, he went to Northern Colorado, and then to a mid major. Yeah, and, and now now here he is in the SEC. But, like that 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 is. And I know there had been there had been examples of guys making that kind of impact in the past in college basketball, but this year in particular, I mean, it it, it maybe eliminates any sort of stigma of oh he's a. He's a mid-major player. He might not. He might not be able to fit in the SEC. I mean, maybe they won't. But we've also seen mid-major players come in and look like the absolute best players in the conference. And, and he didn't go to junior college because of grades. He went to junior college no. because he wasn't heavily recruited at all. Hey, how about this? How about this? Don Connect was second team All Big Sky last year. Uh huh. Yeah. They, they, there were five better players they thought were better than that dude last season. Well, that, that's it's like uh, how it's like how Paul Skeens was co pitcher of the year in the conference at Air Force before transferring to, um, to, to LSU yeah. or something like. Sometimes you well, what about that other guy? Uh, with, now, although we were saying with Connect, uh, and and I do wonder if you're on a team where you're not as worried about the other four scoring options. If you're facing sure. if you're facing a Dalton Connect team and you feel like you can overemphasize stopping him you know maybe maybe teams in the in the big sky uh you know were you know felt felt like because because lost in the Dalton Connect shot making last night were, were a couple of NBA caliber step back threes from Zakai Ziegler and uh yeah. Vescovi poured in some scoring late in the game too yeah I know and, and I think that was the thing for Auburn it's like you watch that game and, and I tried to I tweeted this last night and it was poorly phrased and you know people jumped on me for it and rightfully so I, I needed to kind of make my thoughts a little bit clearer but it's basically like there was a there were there was a possession there late in the game where you were like yeah that's why you can't just say well d- double Dalton connect um because the thing about doubling is that somebody's going to be open and right and so you're either gambling to get a turnover or you're going to give up a wide open bucket and a couple of times Auburn got turnovers off of it but then a couple of times you know, Tennessee was able to find the pass easily and score with ease. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like your best your best plan, your best strategy against a dude like Don Connect is just, hey, we got to win one-on-one on him. You know, we just make, get a stop. And, and it was interesting. He hit eight of his last nine shots. Yeah, Guys, he missed five in a row to start the second half. Mm-hmm. Like, it was – Auburn was doing a good job on him, and then it was just like he just decided that he wasn't going to miss again. Yeah, and, and I think that was the thing. I think that's the thing for Auburn is just you come into this game, and they talked about it, you know, during the week, and Bruce talked about it, and the players talked about it. You know, it's Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect, and that's obviously what you know. He's obviously the reason why they won last night. But Tennessee's too good of a team just to say we're going to put all of our emphasis on slowing him down. Because you're right, the guy Ziggler had a phenomenal game, and Bruce talked after the game about how he was disappointed in the way Auburn guarded, you know, Zakai Ziegler. Um, I think kind of they got kind of caught up in the in the connect mania there in the second half and kind of, you know, missed out on some of the assignments they were supposed to do, the way they were supposed to be guarding uh, a dude like Zakai Ziegler. So it, Tennessee is a complete team. And, you know, I think, again, that says a lot for Auburn that when you play a really good team like that away from home and you and you lose by eight, but you know, you, you you led by eight at one point after you know being down by nine. You were in a hostile environment. You scored more than eighty points, um, and and again, it took Connect going unconscious for them to to really put you away. And that's 
that says a lot for this for this basketball team for sure. Oh, I, there's no question about it. I wanted to get your thoughts. We we really because we've talked so much about connect and you know where the standings are and the rest of the season haven't really gone that much into the return of Jalen Williams. A lot quicker yeah. than many people thought, and you were oh, yeah. there just watching last night. He looked like he was moving pretty darn well. He did. He had a great game. Uh, this was probably the first time this year Auburn has lost, but with with getting a good game from Jalen Williams. Now he wasn't on you know on fire. You know it wasn't his best game of the year, but it was a good game from Jalen mm-hmm. Williams. You think about it. He had you know a good amount of points, boards, assists, no turnovers in about twenty one minutes. Uh, you know Bruce said after the game, that yeah, probably felt like you were going to get fifteen minutes of him at best. But then he was just he kept playing so well that they wanted to keep him in there. Um, and so I think I think that said a lot about what Auburn did, uh, you know, did in this game. Is like you know you weren't at quite full strength. Um, it, it's a good sign when you have a guy who misses a game and, and is out for for you know a little over a week, um, and he comes back and he's able to pop right back in. And again, it was another game where it wasn't boom or bust with Jalen Williams. It was a good game, and you still came up short. If he's if he's healthy and playing well, you know, in March, Auburn's a really, really dangerous team because I think they have shown without him, you know, the Georgia game and, and some stretches of that game last night against Tennessee, they can put up points without him. You know, they can put up points, and you know, um, and score at a high rate without him being on the floor necessarily. So I think Auburn's kind of getting better uh, in his absence. And now that he's back, you're, you're talking about a situation where Auburn can be closer to what its ceiling is, you know, at this point in the year. Yeah, I don't want to be too I don't want to be too rosy because we are talking about a a game that Auburn lost and it could sure. end up being the difference between, you know, winning and losing the conference like we were saying. I mean, there, it, it's a it's a it was a game with outsized outsized importance. Having said that, you look and I mean, I, I imagine Bruce Pearl and the coaching staff would tell you if you shoot 46% from the field and 41% from 3, like the, away from home, like they will take that against a high quality opponent most of the time. It's just that they they played a team who, especially in the second half, when Connect started getting uh, when, when Connect heated up, like then you're you're talking about a Tennessee team that shot fifty one percent from yeah. from the field and fifty three percent from three. You know, it's it's almost like they were forty percent with twelve minutes to go in the game. That's how hot they were down the stretch. It, it's it's almost like when you have a king or a queen in a card game. And you run into an ace like this. Tennessee happened to you know Tennessee had the uh, the high card uh, last night. Uh, even even though Auburn uh, you know had a, had a pretty good hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, you're you're right. You don't want to be too rosy. There are no moral victories, but I, I do think getting a good game from Jalen Williams, having Janai Broom continue to be on this tear that he is on um, here in SEC play. Scoring a lot of points, that's the most points Tennessee's given up at home this year. Mm-hmm. Scoring a lot of points on a really good Tennessee defense um, and, and feeling like there are things you could have been better at. You know, Turnovers really got them early in the game. Uh, Auburn didn't do enough job taking advantage of their defense and turning it into offense. I feel like Auburn's fast break, their transition's gotten a little out of whack here the last couple of games um, You know, where they're, they're not as smooth as they have been uh, in that area. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you look at it, it's a game away from home. The foul calls were, were really inconsistent, I thought, on both ends throughout the game. Uh, and it was just kind of stop-starty. And you still um, had a chance. You still had a really good chance in that game. 
And again, that's the thing for Auburn is just you show that you can play with some of the best of the best in a true road environment this point in the year. There, are, How many people have said this year, yeah, well, Auburn can't do it away from home. Yeah, well, Auburn's not going to be able to score away from home. They can't shoot it away from home. Well, they did in this game. And, yes, they didn't win, and that's the ultimate goal. But if you look at looking into the, you know, the, the postseason and you're going into March, it's like, what is this team capable of? Well, this team's capable of putting up points and bunches away from home against really good teams. They have now proven that multiple times this year. That's exactly where you want to be. You're not going to hang a banner this year for an SEC regular season title, it looks like. okay. Well, absent of that, what do you want to be doing? You want to be playing your best basketball towards the end of the year. And right now, you know, that game last night, that game last night Auburn played could have beaten pretty much anybody else on their schedule. It just couldn't – it just wasn't enough to beat Dalton Connect. And, and that's tough. That's just bad timing more than anything. Yeah, and, and you're, hopefully you're not playing anybody uh, – you're, you're not going to be playing anybody that good at their place for the nope. rest of the year. No. You just played Missouri on the road. You got State at home. You got Georgia at home. You got You're in a pretty good spot. And I know, you know, because of the tiebreakers and all, I think Auburn's sixth in the league as, yep. as it stands right now. They went out. They're probably going to get some help. You know, you, 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 I believe it's it's something like there's there's six games between. With you're looking at Kentucky and Florida. If Auburn takes care of business and wins the games they're supposed to win, all they need is one of those six games to go their way. You like those odds, especially comparing the teams you got. But Auburn's got to take care of business first and foremost. Uh, Mississippi State's going to be a tough game. Yep. Uh, you know, that's not a quad one game anymore, but it's a borderline, you know, and you don't want to put everything into a bucket of quad one or not because it's like, I don't think Mississippi State's <laughs> that much easier just because they fell three spots in the net this week. Um, but I do think that, you know, this, this, this Auburn team, it's going to be an emotional turnaround, right? You're going to have to pick yourself up off the mat. You're going to have to get ready for a quick turnaround to a, to a Saturday afternoon game, a team that has already beaten you, a team that is physical and tough and rebounds the heck out of the ball, and they defend really well. And Josh Hubbard might be the closest thing the league has right now to a Dalton Connect in the fact that, like, good grief, when he gets hot, he can just Yeah, he's a pretty good anywhere. freshman, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. And where would State be without him this year? No you know, you talk about how much their offense has struggled at times. Mm-hmm. But he's been he's been nuclear um, these last couple of games, so – you know, no one's going to feel sorry for Auburn. Auburn's not going to feel sorry for themselves. It's going to be a real test on Saturday, but we've seen this team bounce back pretty quickly this year, and uh, they'll be they'll be very grateful they get this rematch at home. No question about it. We're talking with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Ferg, can you hang with us? We'll talk a little football? Sure. All right, we will get to our first break. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Born and raised in Lee County, Samantha Copeland is running to be our next district court judge. A proud graduate of Beauregard High School and Auburn University, Samantha Copeland is an experienced attorney who knows the law. Lee County can trust Samantha Copeland to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, Republican Samantha Copeland is the right choice for district judge. Paid for by committee to elect Samantha Copeland, 508 Fox Run Parkway, Opelika, Alabama, 36801. Thousands of Lee County residents trust attorney Barbie Agricola every day with all their legal needs. With the Lee County District Judge election quickly approaching, who better to tell you the right candidates for the job than Barbie yourself? Hey, Lee County, this is attorney Barbie Agricola. The most important thing for the next Lee County judge is to have a judge who is ethical and experienced. That's why I am endorsing Clay Thomas and Harold Morris. 
Clay and Harold have the experience to do the job with integrity. So vote for Clay or Harold on March 5th to keep Lee County in honest hands. Crooked Joe Biden is trying to destroy America with his radical socialist ideas. His extreme policies have given us chaos at our southern border, runaway inflation, and historic deficits. Joe Biden wants to cancel our Constitution, erase our history, and destroy our Second Amendment. But Mike Rogers is our way of fighting back. Mike Rogers is a proud America First conservative endorsed by President Trump. Mike Rogers works hard every day to make America great again by fighting to secure our border and finish building President Trump's wall, making America energy independent, and putting a stop to wasteful spending, protecting the unborn, and defending our deeply held Alabama values. Mike Rogers is our trusted America First conservative. Mike Rogers stands proudly with President Trump, and Mike Rogers is our way of fighting back. On March 5th, please vote for Mike Rogers for Congress in the Republican primary. This is Mike Rogers, and I approve this message. Paper by Mike Rogers for Congress, Post Office Box 1113, Anison, Alabama 3. Robert Pig with Pig Enterprises. Over two decades ago, when my dad had the wild idea to get into the car business, I never would have imagined being part of a multi-generational family business specializing in pre-owned vehicles. That's probably because I've heard every used car salesman joke you have, and who would want that? Neither did he. That's exactly why he started Pig Enterprises and why our family continues to do what we do today. We understand how awful car buying can be. We understand it can be stressful and overwhelming. We understand it's a big investment. This is exactly why we do the things we do completely different than the other guys. You'll be treated like family. Your money and time will be valued. You'll receive a top quality vehicle backed by our name and our free three-month, 3,000-mile pig certified warranty. There is a reason why we have repeatedly been named Dealer Raider Dealer of the Year for the state of Alabama. Come see for yourself. Come to Pig Enterprises and get a squeal of a deal. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Here on this Thursday afternoon, Bill and Dan here in the studio, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joining us on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar. Before we uh, talk a little football, uh, Justin, let everybody know what's going on there. I mean, I know you're you're busy just uh, catching back up, hopefully uh, catching up on your rest a little bit. But, I mean, basketball, football, uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a big, busy week at the Observer. Um, you know, got – Spring practice observations from Tuesday. Uh, you can check out a film room I did earlier this week on uh, Janai Broom and Dylan Carwell playing together. Uh, you know, obviously the breakdown from everything that happened in Knoxville tomorrow. Dan Painter and I are going to have a podcast where we're going to talk Auburn basketball and Auburn football together. Uh, and then, you know, we're going we're gonna to put out the, uh, the weekly mailbag, usually on Friday. Friday. I'm doing it on Saturday this week uh, just because of some scheduling stuff. Um, so you can send in your questions to me, uh, you know, on Twitter or, or email or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, Auburn football and men's basketball. A ton of stuff going on right now. Go to auburnobserver.com and check it out. Uh, it is uh, just $6 a month or $60 a year to subscribe. All right, let's, let's talk a little football. Hugh Freeze meeting with the media for the first time here this spring today. 
um, and 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 you were there. Some players there as well. What uh, what caught your ears today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that we've kind of heard in the build up to the season, but you know, preseason, I should say, and 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 now we're hearing it a little bit more frequently. I mean, just the, the thought about how Auburn wants everything to be better communicated, everybody to be on the same page. I think Hugh Freeze came into this season, or the, the 2024, and said, hey, we should have been better last year, right? You can talk about how, you know, we want to recruit and we want to, you know, build it through the high school ranks, and all that's good. Um, but, you know, Auburn looked at last year and saw some missed opportunities, even though this was not a team supposed to contend for a title. So, he changes things up on the offensive staff. He, he brings in guys that he knows, guys that he's familiar with, and we're, we're going to see how much that pays off this year. Um, you're talking about him getting back to the terminology he liked on that side of the ball. Talking about getting a defense that he felt like where guys were on the same page and, and you know felt like the communication was very similar to what's going on on the offensive side. We'll see if it works out. Um, you know, I think if you Freeze is going to be your head coach, and you want to, I mean, like if you're Auburn, you're just saying, hey, what you were able to do at Ole Miss, you know, come do it here where you feel like you have a higher ceiling and, and, and you know, more resources maybe. It, it makes sense on paper for sure. And so you heard a lot of that today, just everybody getting on the same page, um, you know, talking about the culture of the team, the expectations, guys communicating better with one another, uh, holding each other to a higher standard, just some things they felt like just did not happen as much in that first season. And they'll see if they can use that to turn around the, uh, the the record because I do think everybody watching and Auburn football this year will know this. Like recruiting's great, and, and it, it you got It's like it's like priority one is talent acquisition in this sport. But um, Auburn's got to get better on the field this year, and uh, you know they they know that, and I think they've made some moves to try to address that. Uh, you know, in, in in Freeze's own way. Yeah, I mean, he talked a little bit about. Um... Um, you know, a few of the newcomers, Percy Lewis is one that is, I think, very, very important there. If he oh, can, yeah. if he can give them that uh, anchor there at left tackle. Absolutely. And you feel like Dylan Wade's future in the NFL is probably going to be a guard. And look, it's not, it's not Auburn's job to, you know, make guys the you know very best NFL prospects, you know, and, and, and win future teams, NFL games. Um, you know, I think about how kind of, the whole Harold Perkins thing going on at LSU, the back and forth of positions there, I, I kind of think of that the same way. But I do think if Auburn has a tackle that they really, really like, like a you know, like a Percy Lewis, playing a guy like Wade at a more natural position for him, I think is going to be big. And so, you know, Lewis makes a ton of sense there. He, it's, it's not going to be handed to him, and that was the whole thing today. Nothing's going to be handed to these guys. Like I think, you know, I think like like Bruce or like like you said this week. Like, you know, today he said, everything's wide open. But, you know, with a, with a quarterback spot, it's probably Peyton Thorne's job to lose. Everything's going to be wide open on the offensive line. But you're probably going to start doing weight somewhere. You're going to yeah. start Connor Lewis somewhere. And, and you're probably going to start Percy Lewis somewhere. D- does the case that Peyton Thorne can have a much better second season at Auburn than his first one, does, does a lot of that – I mean, we, we talk about that he gets to go through spring practice for the first time and he gets a full off season with the team. But but some of that's that he may have some some new pieces around him that that represent an upgrade over what he had in his first year. I think especially at I don't we, think it's May. I mean, depending. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dep- <laughs> I mean, depending on depending on the impact Percy Lewis has there at left tackle, you can you can talk about the offensive line. But then the the guys he's going to be throwing to, you know, so, some of these new receivers, you'll feel feel like they're 
they're they're they're a big a big reason for optimism. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with when when you hire Hugh Freeze, you expect to have an upgrade in your passing game, right? And Auburn didn't last year. Auburn really struggled through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they when they lost, they lost through the air. And when they won, they won through the air. The problem is they didn't win enough games, you know, to have a winning record and, and a lot of that came against teams that weren't bowl bowl teams last season. So I think that's the the thing is like everybody knows they've got to take that step forward. And the message today was, hey, we're going to get back to the stuff that made us great at Ole Miss. You know, when you look at Derek Nix and Ken Austin and, and Hugh Freeze and that that kind of brain trust over on the offensive side of the ball. What what did those teams have? Well, they had Laquan Treadwell. Well, they had you know Dante Moncrief. They had later in the year, you know, at the end, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, those guys. You know, they had Evan Ingram at tight end. Uh, who kind of moved around everywhere? Auburn didn't really have that last year. Now, you know, Valdo did play well, uh, and but I mean, you know, Free said it today. He said we want to get back to kind of RPO based run game, and we want to play action passes off that. He's like the best way to do it is you got to have dudes who can win one on one battles. You got to be able to run the ball between the tackles well enough to you know kind of make teams commit um, to you know to commit to put more guys in the box against you, and then you just got to have dudes one on one. Too often last year, it felt like Auburn had to scheme dudes open or just try to, you know, make something happen, and their wide receivers just weren't up to par. And he, and, and, and the other thing was Peyton Thorne wasn't up to par as much as well. You know, I think he had areas of his game that he definitely needed to get better at and tighten up. His his, his accuracy, his efficiency against quality competition is just not going to cut it in the SEC. But if you plug him back in into a system with newer wide receivers, got a little bit more familiar with what the head coach is with, you streamline a lot of that process, you can maybe see him be more like the quarterback he was maybe at Michigan State, you know, that big breakout year that he had a few years back. Um, you know, that, that team had some, had some you know, game winners on the outside. Um, so, I mean, that's what they want. Cam Coleman definitely looks like it. I mean, yes, he that does. Was, I, think that was, I think that was everybody's number one observation when they walked off the field on Tuesday was that Cam Coleman looks like a different guy. And so – We'll see what he does this year. You don't want to put too high expectations on him, as Freeze said, but like, there's a reason why he's the best recruit Auburn's ever signed on the offensive side of the ball. It's why he could end up being the most talented player they've ever had at wide receiver in the modern era. It's like you can just see it. You know, it's just it's just very very different uh, from everybody else. So we'll see how that is. But also, you know, for Peyton Thorne, he's got to go earn it. You know, if, if one of these young guys comes out and or multiple of these young guys come out and continue to push him and, sh- and show that they can do, um, you know, they, they can they can help this, you know, this offense be its best version of itself. You know, I don't think it's going to just be handed to him. And, and, you know, we saw Walker White throw the ball really well uh, on Tuesday when we were out there. You heard about uh, Hank Brown throwing the ball really well in the wind um, the other day. I mean, that's. That stuff matters because no one's going to be able to rest on their laurels here in this, in this competition. Yeah, that, that's something I, I mentioned um, I, when I called in Tuesday and talked about it a little earlier today as well. Yeah, Walker Walker has a cannon, but I thought oh, ev- every throw that Hank made that I saw on Tuesday was there right when the receiver turned, the ball was at his hands. Yeah, and I think this is a, this is a, a battle really of – experience versus, you know, on-paper talent. And what I mean by that is this. Peyton Thorne's going to be one of the most experienced quarterbacks in college football next year. We saw how much experience second-year transfers kind of took over the game this past year, you know, with, with Knicks and Penix and obviously Jaden Daniels, you know, Caleb Williams and, and those guys. That's the whole thing, you know, I think 
like why Peyton Thorne makes a lot of sense to kind of continue to be QB1. However, you look at Walker White, you look at Hank Brown, you look at definitely, uh, you know, you look at Holden Garner as well. These are guys that were higher rated recruits on paper coming out of high school. Um, they've got talent. They've got really good arm talent. Could that talent exceed what Peyton Thorne brings out? Maybe. But, you know, Thorne's got that, Thorne's got that experience factor ahead of him that's going to give him an edge. So I think that's the interesting case about this is like these guys, you know, might be, might be able to make some of the throws and some of the plays that Auburn just didn't have last year. But can they, can they do everything else? You know, he talked about how Walker White, had great arm strength, great arm talent today, but he's swimming a bit, you know, right now. And that just means, you know, he's just trying to catch up with everything and, and you're throwing a lot at him and you're just having to kind of kind of tread water from a learning perspective. We're gonna, I think that's so, the same so, yeah, for Auburn. So, so yeah, we're, and we're going to break this down more on the podcast that'll be out tomorrow. And, yep. uh, and, and yeah, Bill, we, we got we, – so – Yeah, we, we've got ex- – I mean, we've got exciting news here as we're going on. We thought we wouldn't be able to get Dylan on with us this afternoon, but they're done with practice, so uh, – so we, we, we hate to run here, Justin, yeah. but I mean, uh, yeah, uh, let, let folks know a little bit one, one more time about the Observer, and then, uh, then we'll take a break, and, and Tiger takes with Dylan Cardwell coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, go to AuburnObserver.com, sign up, you get the newsletter, the podcast, everything we do emailed out to you pretty much every morning around 6 a.m. Central Time. Check it out, AuburnObserver.com, and yeah, I, am, I will always step aside so you guys can talk to somebody like Dylan Cardwell. That's, that's someone y'all need to be talking to, not me. I just... I just act like I know what I'm talking about. This you're, dude's out there. This dude's out there experiencing it. You're not taking that charge, all right? You're getting out. You're getting, no, you're, getting, no, you're, you're right about out, that. You're getting out of his way. Great, great stuff, Justin. Thanks, man. Appreciate y'all. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break, and yes, we will have Tiger takes indeed with Dylan Cardwell when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Conservative Justice Sarah Stewart has the experience to lead Alabama's courts. As a tough-on-crime judge, Sarah Stewart presided over hundreds of cases, giving tough sentences to the worst criminals. Republicans can trust Justice Sarah Stewart to defend the Constitution and protect our families. On March 5th, vote Conservative Republican Sarah Stewart for Alabama Chief Justice. Paid for by Sarah Stewart Campaign, 2029B, Airport Boulevard, Mobile, Alabama, 36606. This is Zach Alsterbrook with Alsterbrook Law Group, specializing in family law, criminal defense, DUI, and personal injury. Alsterbrook Law Group can help you. 114 North Knight Street in downtown Opelika, serving Lee County and the surrounding areas for over 10 years. Remember, if you want someone that has your back, call Zach. 737-3718. Big city experience, small town values. Alsterbrook Law Group. No representation is made that the quality of services to be performed is the greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Crooked Joe Biden is trying to destroy America with his radical socialist ideas. His extreme policies have given us chaos at our southern border, runaway inflation, and historic deficits. Joe Biden wants to cancel our Constitution, erase our history, and destroy our Second Amendment. But Mike Rogers is our way of fighting back. Mike Rogers is a proud America First conservative endorsed by President Trump. Mike Rogers works hard every day to make America great again by fighting to secure our border and finish building President Trump's wall, making America energy independent and putting a stop to wasteful spending, protecting the unborn, and defending our deeply held Alabama values. Mike Rogers is our trusted America First conservative. Mike Rogers stands proudly with President Trump, and Mike Rogers is our way of fighting back. On March 5th, please vote for Mike Rogers for Congress. 
in the Republican primary. This is Mike Rogers, and I approve this message. Paper by Mike Rogers for Congress. Post Office Box 1113, Anniston, Alabama, 36202. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday. It's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And we're, we're pleased, we're a little surprised, but pleased to be joined by uh, Auburn Center Dylan Cardwell here once again on Tiger Takes. Uh, Dylan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing pretty well. Boy, a uh, quite the show last night. A tough loss, but, I mean, uh, uh, tremendous effort, I thought, out there uh, by, by both teams last night as, uh, as, as boy, you, you, you and the Vols went back and forth. Yeah. A great game, you know. <clears throat> game plan just didn't work out. Uh, some guys got hot. You know, we scored 84 points on the road, so yeah. something to hang our hat on. We just got to do better on defense. Yeah, it's, it seemed to be a game with a couple of really pronounced runs in the second half. You know, when, when Tennessee uh, – often – I've watched a couple of Tennessee games this year. When, when they can get a an eight, nine-point lead on a team early in the second half, that's when they start – that, you know, that, that's when they start to make the game one-sided. Auburn comes back, builds a lead of their own, and then Tennessee able to score enough down the stretch to win this one. But I, I would imagine you come away as a team thinking, if you can go down to the wire Toe-to-toe. with a yeah. team like Tennessee, if you can have a lead in the final 10 minutes, I'm not talking about moral victories or anything, but if you can have a, if you can have a lead down the stretch in Knoxville, you know that 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 sets you up as a, as a team that can compete in the SEC tournament and and in the postseason. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think there's a thing that's term. I don't think there's a locked SEC tournament. You know, it's just an interesting year. You know, the, the number, there's no clear dominant, you know, clear cut number one team in the SEC. So looking ahead, the SEC tournament will be interesting. But I do agree. You know, we need to prove ourselves on the road. And like I said, we scored 84 points. You can hang your hat on that. As you know, you better on defense. Yeah, we were talking about it a little while ago. I mean, you're not going to be in a situation like that where you're playing uh, on somebody else's home court against a team with that quality for the rest of the year. Yeah. What does it What does it mean to have Jalen back? Because that's something. I mean, when, when the when the injury happened in the Kentucky game, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, who, who follow the team, and you know, based on the reaction, just looking at the body, it didn't language, look good. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like maybe a maybe a season altering injury or, or or something very very serious. And and you know, I, I don't, I, I imagine he's playing through discomfort, uh, but but for him to be out there and for him to uh, uh, to produce in his first game back after just missing one game, uh, and 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 provide not just the on court production, but but to be there for his presence. To be there, what, what's it? What's it mean to have uh, uh, to have Jalen Williams back and, and and in the lineup? Yeah, it means the world. You know, he's a vet. He's been here, he's an experienced player, and obviously he's a bucket getter. So he had a lot of tough shots yesterday for us, and um, it's just great. He's, he's sacrificing his body to uh, help us compete for a championship. You know, um, he says he feels good. He feels he feels great, 100. percent It's just obviously the, the mental side of an injury, just landing and stuff. He's not confident with that, but outside of that, he feels good. He feels normal. He feels fine. 
So, uh, Dylan, does, does, does Jalen's return mean um, we'll see less or maybe won't see the the, the uh, Twin Towers as much with yeah. you and Janai at the same time? Yeah, I think I think that lineup's over. So, <laughs> it, was, it was fun while last night. Oh, yeah. It's an era we won't forget, Dylan. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, with with the uh, no, and that's you know that's something else. Like I, I remember when I think, I think it was Chad who said after the Georgia game that that in the aftermath of of Jalen's injury, it, it wasn't just one player who felt like they needed uh, to step up their production. It was you know everybody on the team wanted to shoulder the load and and be able to produce and and e- even with Jalen Williams back for the team to have to have uh, faced down that kind of adversity. You know, again, we're talking about what kind of what kind of confidence you have going into the postseason, what kind of position you have going into the postseason. I think these are all uh, these these are all positive signs about what this team can maybe do. Yeah, and I agree. You know, I just hope we get hot at the right time. You know, like I said, it's all about our depth. And you have Jay Will adding him back. Our depth gets even better. So everyone has experience. Everybody scored. I think I think we have like I think everybody scored double digits this season, so mm-hmm. it'll be hard to scout for us this year, especially in the tournament, so I'm, I'm excited to see what we have. Talking with Dylan Cardwell here with Tiger Takes on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Dylan, uh, Mississippi State coming in, and you know how much of a handful they are. I mean, they they uh, they, they present some matchups that a lot of other teams don't. They're looking for the sweep. They're desperately trying to, uh, you know, keep their postseason hopes alive while of course you know as you said it's you know th- this is the time you want to uh, really get hot and take it into the postseason so it should be a really good matchup on Saturday yeah it'll be exciting match I think it, it served us well that we played a very physical Tennessee team right before them so pretty much the same kind of report they run that Tennessee rub duck in action the same one that Tennessee runs so it won't be a different much different scout from Tennessee so I think I think we should be relatively fine as far as the scout goes because it's pretty much the same exact scout. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know, Dylan, as, as somebody who, um, you know, you, you've, you've been through a couple seasons now. It, this is is the first season of Auburn basketball for a couple of the guys that are uh, seeing a lot of minutes, Chaney and, and, and Chad and Denver. Chaney especially, I mean, this is Chaney's first year of Division One basketball. Like, where have you seen growth? Like, where have you, where have you seen – how have you seen his game evolve from when he got to Auburn – uh, to to what he's uh, what what he's able to do now after playing near, nearly a full season at the D one level. Yeah, you know he was one of our he was our best player in the, in the fall, like best player, hardest worker. But he was truly he was like a number one best player in the fall, obviously. And then once he got to um, season, he could play calls and stuff just didn't go his way. And then he kind of like lost that confidence, I guess you could say, of you know thinking he didn't belong. And then he found a stride. Um, I don't know what game. It was like halfway through SEC play. He just kind of clicked. Everything's clicked for him. And it's been fun to see because a lot of his, everything with him is just mental. You know, he's already a hard worker. He's already a, a, a dedicated worker. So all he needed was that confidence and kind of got his flag halfway through SEC. That's when we needed him, you know. You were talking about the, uh, the, the matchup there against Mississippi State, and sounds like it is fortunate. I mean, when, when you play a road game on a Wednesday night and have to turn around and play on Saturday, you don't have as much time to prepare. But uh, you've got incentive. There's no question about that. Um, you know, talk, just talk, talk a little bit about the keys for you guys, but especially for, for you and Janai in the front court against, uh, against the Mississippi State team that they've got a little size down there too. Yeah, you know, they have one of the best scorers in the SEC and Tolu Smith. Yep. 
very physical. So you got to make sure we limit post touches and just be there and be physical and make sure we're guarding them. And then obviously the freshman guard, Dick Grief, um, Hubbard, he's just so great at the freshman. He's probably one of my, he's my favorite for the SC freshman of the year. You know, he just dropped, he just dropped 30, 34, 35 points on Kentucky by himself, you know. And so he had some, he had some shots that not a, lot of, not a lot of seniors can hit. And, you know, he had the confidence of a senior. So um, it would be an interesting cover, um, especially just, just guarding those two specifically because those two can go off and combine for 50 points in the night. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, looking for another great crowd on Saturday as, as coming down the stretch. I mean, uh, we, we talked about it. I mean, just a couple of more opportunities to play in front of the jungle. Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, going into senior night and stuff like that. Um, it's just it's sad, you know. <laughs> but um, it was like the season just flew by, to be honest, especially the home games. And then, it just, I was looking back on those home games, you kind of get frustrated and dropping that one to Kentucky because obviously you wanted to go undefeated at home. We were close to doing it, but obviously didn't get it done. So, But it'll be interesting to see the crowd this game because I think it's spring break coming up. So I wonder how the, the jungle is going to react to that because I know a lot of people went home today and it's only like Thursday. So. You know, D- Dylan, I was, just, uh, I was just at a senior night uh, last week and telling somebody how, how it felt like this season has really flown by from, I mean, the opener – the opener feels like it was just a couple of weeks ago, and, and now here we are, exactly. and, and we're we're talking about the you know, postseason. I mean, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in a conference tournament next week in uh, in Pensacola uh, with the uh, with the Sun Belt, and it just it doesn't feel yeah. like you know some some teams are going to have you know they're, they're going to play their last game of the of, of the season next week. You know, so, something else that occurred to me last last night, Dylan. I'd love your thoughts on it. Is seeing seeing Dalton connect and Janai Broom play as well as they've played this year. Mark Sears is is one of the top players in the conference from Alabama. So it's, it's it's amazing to me how in in a very short amount of time, you know, the SEC has some some of the top players in the SEC started their careers at the mid-major level and have, and have worked their way up to uh not not just playing in the SEC but but excelling in the SEC and I and I wonder if that's uh, if, if that's if that's something I mean if, if you you have multiple players on your team who started their careers as mid-major uh, basketball players and now here they are in the SEC have you, have, is it if anything I wonder if it fuels guys more you know to, to have to you know they, they had to prove themselves at a uh, it's it's still division one basketball but it's but it's not quite uh, same ma- stage ma- yeah major conference level before before even getting to Auburn yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's a little bit of that. I think my take on it would be it gives them time to really grow and develop into the player they need to be, you know. Um, a lot of kids come into the freshmen to, you know, the high major programs like in Kentucky and just sit the bench and only really have that time to really grow and develop and have those in-game reps like someone from a, coming from a mid-major would. So I think a lot of it is just those, those in-game reps of playing left at competition but also having that confidence of learning how, what kind of player you want to be and then transferring and translating that game from the past season to the next level. Dylan, always great stuff. We really appreciate you uh, uh, getting in touch with us. We always enjoy spending time with you here on Tiger Takes. Let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with, with you on social media. My Instagram is uh, Dylan Carwell. My Twitter is next underscore underscore. I mean, thanks again. Best of luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tiger Takes. Dylan Cardwell joining us, and we're pleased to have had him with us. Tiger Takes proudly presented by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We keep getting lucky with re- really, oh, insi- really insightful, engaging guys. really thoughtful guys. And, and, yeah, really thanks thanks to Dylan 
Uh, not sure how many more times we're going to get to talk with Don. Yeah, I mean, probably at, not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, more than I mean, I'd imagine more than one. Oh, but, I but would we'll, sure think so. We'll, we'll 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 get to talk to Dylan again, but but really want to say uh, thanks again for uh, uh, for for everything he's been willing to do uh, this season. I haven't been here for a lot of them uh, because of my schedule on Thursdays, but uh, but Dylan has been great all season long, and we should have news soon. Regarding a baseball. Yes, we should. Yes, we uh, should. A baseball Tiger takes player because I, I believe the, the intention is to uh, is to talk with somebody during baseball season as yeah, well. Yeah, l- looking forward to that. And baseball off to a pretty good start. They're 6-1 with UConn coming in this weekend. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Thursday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Public. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Calling all cool cats and daddios. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air is searching for the oldest AC and water heater. If your systems have been rocking around the clock for more years than you'd like to admit, submit your retro systems for a chance to win a new one. Enter your old greasers and check out our exclusive deals at calldixie.com. The deadline to enter is leap day. We can dig it. Can you? Uncle T-Bone here. Do you wake up in the mornings wishing your body felt like it did 20 years ago? As the new year arrives, how about a new you with the help of Game Day Men's Health in Auburn? Whether it's low testosterone, weight loss, or erectile dysfunction, the experts at Game Day Men's Health offer a customized strategy to help you feel and look great. Text 334-487-8103. Code ESPN, 10% off. That's 334-487-8103. It's a new year and a new you at Game Day Men's Health in Auburn. Code ESPN for 10% off. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olene Price. When we have the opportunity to assist residents of this county, we are pleased to offer options in an effort to make your business with us as convenient as possible. You may visit any of our three offices, one in Auburn, one in Opelika, and in Smith Station. We are open to serve you Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Central Time and 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Smith Station. Thank you for allowing me to serve serve you the drive continues continues the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com Welcome back into the drive final segment here on this Thursday evening. Uh, so, Dan, you've got uh, final game of the season for the Trojans tomorrow regular season. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, South Alabama Jaguars. Okay, I, I, I don't think you'd said who it was. You were just talking about the 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 race and being the I two did, seed. I did some math uh, and during my time with the Trojans, we are in league play. We're forty three and eight. With me at Trojan Arena, so you know and, and that's pretty good. Some of that, you know, so, some of that, uh, you know, I think some of that credit goes to the coaches and the players. Uh, but, but I, I guess, yeah, I, I guess, su- if I you su- have to, I, I suppose. Uh, I guess they get but, some. But, uh, but yeah, so, so the Trojans keeping their winning ways going. The one last night, and they're uh, looking to close out uh, the uh, season with a victory, and then Pensacola a week from tomorrow 
uh, prime time, the last game of the day, Troy is the two seed. We'll play in the quarterfinals. You're going to need to be down there all week gonna, like you no, have before. No, I think uh, so. So I think <laughs> I think we're going to slip away like for Wednesday. Some, I think we're going to slip away. Well, I th- but I think me and some of the beat writers are going to go watch some wrestling. Oh, on, okay. on, on Wednesday. Then I'm going to head to Pensacola. Thursday, hang okay. out, hang right. out. With so the you're team, here, watch some you're basketball. here Monday and Tuesday. I'm next here week? Monday, Monday and Tuesday next right. week, and then uh, and, and then sort of letting, letting letting Don know if he's listening. Yeah, when uh, when, when I may be calling on him before I head down for spring break in uh, on, on on Pensacola Beach. I, I, that is such a cool place for the Sun Belt to do the tournament. Oh, I, I it's agree. a lot of fun. Uh, if, if you're in the Northwest Florida area, go check out some basketball. Uh, with the Sun Belt Tournament coming and, to and town. And downtown Pensacola, as quite a few places have, they've really renovated the downtown area. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's really nice. And a lot, of the, a lot of the teams do alumni functions that mm-hmm. weekend as well. So, like, Southern Miss has a lot of uh, – Oh, they uh, absolutely do. So, Northwest Florida is loaded with Southern Miss. So, Southern Miss brands. has a lot of people in yeah. the Pensacola area. Troy has a lot of people in the Pensacola area. Uh, those two schools, among others, and sort of the uh, – uh, I'd say those two are the, are the most represented – Along the Florida Gulf Coast, South Alabama. South, I would say South, South, South should be. South Alabama would be on that list yeah. as well. And, and you know, there's there's a, a ton of ton of Georgia Southern and Georgia State grads mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a cool way for, for some of the, the teams, especially in the southeast corner of the, of the conference, to, uh, to, to mingle. Yeah, it's, uh, so, so we're getting close to postseason, as we mentioned uh, while we were talking with Dylan Cardwell. Hope you had a chance to catch Dylan, catch Justin Ferguson, or any of the show, if you missed any, we encourage you to check out the podcast. Podcasts of the Drive, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. Google, Apple, Spotify. I think Google's gotten out of the podcasting business. But Apple and Spotify both have uh, episodes of The Drive. And, and you can also go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. That's mm-hmm. all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek. As oh, absolutely. Shout out, shout out to Derek and, and the great work he's doing there at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Yep, we're just about out of time here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Tomorrow we will see uh, what what all can go off because I know there's, there's baseball and softball scheduled for tomorrow, but the weather is very iffy for those, so we'll, we'll update you on that. We've got plenty of audio from Hugh Freeze, players, Butch Thompson, and more well, that we can get we'll have, to tomorrow. I think, I think there will be Bruce before the show yes, starts there tomorrow, will. talking about the, uh, the the game on Saturday against big, big, big game against uh, Mississippi State. That's right. So, so lots, lots of cool stuff there. I will be, uh, I will be out tomorrow, but I will talk to you on Monday. Until then, Bill, have a nice weekend. And Don Dunn should be in tomorrow. So, looking forward to that as well. But we're out of time here on the Thursday Drive. What you got? Happy retirement, Ken. Oh, that's right. Happy. I didn't reti- get to make uh, it. Oh, his I, 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 his retirement party was today. Happy retirement. It was it was while we were talking to the coaches and players. Oh yeah, it sure was. Happy re- happy retirement to our pal Ken. Yeah, I'm sure he's listed. All right, we are out of time here on the Thursday drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.